0: This episode of the Wanderwell podcast is brought to you by Zimble. I told y'all I would only endorse companies who have a mission that I can stand behind, and Zimble is that. Zimble, Z Y M. B-O-L, is a line of inspirational jewelry based around one design that contains every letter of the alphabet and every number hidden within it. When you wear or gift a zimbal, it can mean or represent any message because it contains every letter. Zimbal is daily inspiration that you wear and the meaning can change and evolve with you. Every morning when you put on your zimbal, it can represent your intention, your mantra, or positive affirmation for the day. When you shop at Zimble.net, use the code WANDER20 at checkout for 20% off your order. A percentage of those proceeds will go directly to the Wanderwell podcast, so your support is greatly appreciated. Now, let's get started with the show. You're listening to the Wanderwell podcast. Learn how to create your own reality, live your calling, and find inner peace. We cover self care, wandering, and manifesting. Welcome. I'm your host, Katie J. My favorite part about running this podcast is telling people about it. Not only is word of mouth the strongest form of advertising, but it also helps me push this podcast forward through human connection. Because oftentimes I'm sitting in a room talking into a box. The woman you'll hear from today, I met through one of those connections in Costa Rica. As many of you may know, I volunteered at a surf and yoga camp for three months called Bodhi Surf and Yoga. One of the owners, Travis, introduced me to this woman who he said I must interview. And he was right. Jen Whalen lives in San Diego, California, and is the mother of two young girls. She wrote that she is constantly surrounded by her daughter's tribe of friends, mud, and art supplies. I asked her if her daughters were artists in the making, and she said, Well, Their creativity pours through them so fluidly. So, yes, they are artists. Jen's next adventure is actually to Bodhi Surf and Yoga this November, where she is hosting a women's retreat called Be Dareful. Here's Jen to tell us more about the retreat in the fall.
1: You know, similar to what they're offering at Bodhi, uh, where they do, you know, five surf lessons and five yoga lessons and amazing meals and all the awesomeness that they put together together. But then I basically bring in my background um, and facilitation skills and really weave together uh, a whole magical week that um, w- that really supports women in, in taking what we're doing there in Costa Rica back into the day-to-day life. So um, the idea of being dareful comes from an artist, Jeremy Collins, who uh, I was just inspired by a piece that he created where... He was talking about, you know, when, when you go out and you do these things in the outdoors, people always say, you know, be careful out there. And that's like, it feels like the most loving thing that you could say to somebody because you obviously, you know, don't want them to be hurt by it. But he was saying it's such a weird thing to say because really, like if they're going out there to do these awesome things in the outdoors, obviously they're interested in preserving their physical health and well-being, you yeah. know, taking good care of themselves. But ultimately it is about being out there on that wild edge of the unknown and being willing to surrender into that. That's where the living is, you know, and there is danger and uncertainty inherent in that, but it's, um, more from this place of like expansive living instead of clinging to comfort and security. And the, yeah, the, the, that piece of art, I guess, just really inspired me and to look at like how in my own life and how in so many lives of people that I know, that's the, you know, interesting tension that we're holding of like, how do you, you know, obviously continue to make good choices for yourself and your body and your families, but, um, but at the same time really get out there and live the life that you're here to live.
0: As the icebreaker question, I asked Jen what she wanted to be when she grew up and I can't say I've ever heard this response.
1: Um, that is a really funny question. The first one that comes to mind is a spy. (laughs) I always loved, I was fascinated by different cultures and people and languages and travel. And, you know, just, I loved the idea of like slipping in between them all. And, um, I don't know that I was necessarily looking, well, I think as I got older, I realized I don't feel comfortable with that on a lot of levels, but <laughs> uh, as a kid, I loved that idea, that it was just like this very glamorous, you know, elusive lifestyle where you get to travel and do all these cool things and, you know, be in on the behind the scenes <laughs> that make the world go around.
0: Jen might not feel called to be a spy, but I'm always curious to ask, What do you feel called to do? You
1: know, I love guiding people in the outdoors. It's been something that I've done for a long time and I feel really passionate about. Um, It actually started, I was teaching overseas in Japan and I loved teaching and it was so fun. Um, But I was really struck by how, in traditional Japanese culture, there is like such a knowing and appreciation for the wisdom of the seasons and you know the rhythms of the natural world, and I felt like a lot of the kids that I was working with were super disconnected from that. I was like an hour south of Tokyo, and you know, just constantly struck by how you know the kids didn't have like grass to play on or like trees to climb or you know big wild outdoor spaces. It was just like very, um, I don't know, yeah, just. The overwhelm of the city and the noise um, was really intense, and I felt like a lot of the kids were missing that um, strong orientation in their life and that wisdom. And so when I came back from teaching over there, I, I decided I want to be a teacher, but I want to you know teach something that has more value than a language, which you know is obviously valuable in some ways. But um, so I did a Knowles course for Knowles is the National Outdoor Leadership School. Um, for outdoor educators, and I was just hooked.
0: Jen's Knowles course was one month in the wilderness, backpacking, rock climbing, and camping in the Southwest United States. I remember the first time I did all of those things. I was 16, and we were in Taylor Park, Colorado. And for those of you who have been a 16-year-old girl, you're very impressionable and at the very beginning stages of knowing yourself. I ended up meeting a beautiful soul who is now one of my best friends, Carlotta, and she sang the whole way up and down that 14,000 foot mountain. There's nothing quite like wilderness that brings people close together, and closer to themselves. It was at the top of that mountain when we watched the sunrise over the Rockies, where I was breathless from the altitude and the magnitude of creation. I felt a bond with the universe in that moment that I've been chasing ever since. Here's Jen to describe her transformative experience in the wilderness.
1: I cannot believe that I chose to do this. You know, it was so <laughs> uncomfortable. But then, like, you know, at a, a few weeks in, I just found, like, this amazing peace there. And it was, like, ah, just a joy to be able to travel so slowly through a landscape that you can really connect with the plants and the animals. and. Um, just myself in such a deep way it was really profound and you know just the stars and everything it was like uh, you know super transformative and then also to see what I was capable of you know like carrying I think it was like a 50 pound pack and you know just traveling we were at that place there was no you know not a lot of water obviously because we're in the desert so it was very essential that you moved from point A to point B to get water (laughs) for the next day or, you know, the day after. And that, you know, just learning those skills and then also seeing the value of like these very simple fundamental things, um, you know, just really, yeah, just lit that up for me as like, this is what I want to do, you know, bringing people into the outdoors. to a show them what they're capable of but b also like create a connection to the land and um, just the wisdom that is here that um, we're in the modern times so disconnected from
0: over the years i've been able to instantly connect with wilderness women those who have a huge appreciation for nature the resources it provides and the power it has over us It humbles you and forces you to get creative in finding ways to protect it. Jen worked in San Diego for a nonprofit called Outdoor Outreach, whose mission it is to connect youth to the transformative power of the outdoors. Jen ran a leadership program where she worked intensely with 12 freshman girls. Each of these kids had a lot going on at home, and Jen went in with misunderstanding that it was her job to fix them in some way. Because of that, she said she constantly felt as if her efforts were not enough. No matter how much Jen loved the outdoors or these girls, she felt like she didn't have the skills that these girls needed.
1: Anguish that I felt of like not being able to help them in a way that I felt like they, you know, deserved like just an opportunity to Like some of these kids, they live, you know, in San Diego, they live there their entire life. They live 15 minutes from the beach and they've never seen the ocean. And it was like, just, you know, so much of the, what they were going through in their lives and the challenges that they were facing with instability in their homes, or even if they did have, you know, really awesome families, it was like just all the discrimination and, you know, bureaucratic stuff that just held them in their life. Like it just felt the injustice of it was like so intense. For me at that time and um i really i realized like okay here i i took six girls to sequoia national park for a week-long backpacking trip and now these girls had never been camping before let alone backpacking for a week <laughs> and,
0: like,
1: so this was ambitious to say the least and you know but we get them out there and it was like an incredible experience like so many magical moments throughout the week. And, and what happened for many of them was it was like, they just were like cracked wide open, their hearts were just like pouring out. Um, you know, Cause they were like, finally, they, they were in a place where it was like, they were activated by the natural world and what we were doing and the challenge and the way that they were seeing themselves as, you know, strong and capable. And just, you know, it was like a really exciting moment. But at the same time, it was like, it brought forward all their stuff. And at that time, I didn't have what I felt like was the skills to be able to effectively support them in moving through that, you know? Cause it's like, I, I love the quote, wherever you go, there you are. And for me, like when you're out in the wilderness, it's like the way that <laughs> it just inevitably brings up people's stuff, you know, like how they're, um, where they're uncomfortable or what's unresolved in their lives. And, um, so that was just like a giant magnifying glass with these kids. And so at the end of the year, I just, I really, um, although I love them and I love the work, I realized if I was going to do this work with, you know, especially with a population that had a lot of trauma and some pretty intense needs, I needed a way bigger toolkit.
0: Jen went back to school and got her master's in spiritual psychology from University of Santa Monica. She went in expecting to learn these tools so that she could help others, but she ended up finding something so much greater. In her final year of grad school, she was given the assignment to create a project with heart and meaning. I never got assignments like this in school, so my ears definitely perked up. Jin explained that the process of creating a project like this out in the world would activate the learning soul line. Basically, how you relate to yourself and the experience, AKA the inner work of awakening. Jin dives a bit deeper into this experience for us. I had a friend pass away
1: that June, right before then. And, you know, I think it just really brought home, like, what are we waiting for? You know, like, this is a guy that he was so healthy and amazing, meditated, vegetarian, awesome. And he just passed away in his sleep. And it was like, that could happen to any of us at any time. And I just had this deep knowing of like, I'm here to serve in a big way and share these tools. And um, yes, I love the work that I've done. But I I had a sense that I was ready to step it up into a new realm. And so I created my own business as a part of that project. And I called the company True North Adventures, um, which was really, you know, all about me aligning with my true north and supporting people in doing the same.
0: True North Adventures, Wanderwell podcast. These aren't just our passion projects. They're our life, work, our personal legends in progress. Jen started True North Adventures in 2010 and is still going strong, leading retreats and guiding women as they connect to their soul and in many cases begin to listen to their true desires for the first time. I asked Jen what advice she would give to other women who are interested in a similar path and she said, learn your craft and don't spend so much time comparing your skills and values to what others are bringing to the world. And I want to add to that. Establish what you bring to the world. Focus on that. Build a voice around that. And your voice includes your story. People love hearing stories. For people like Jen and I, we're in the business of creating space. What does that mean? I'm sure some of you have heard your yoga instructor say it, but you weren't really sure what exactly it means. Creating space is basically an abbreviated version of saying, creating space for blank to happen. And you can fill in the blank. Creating space for change to happen, creating space for healing to happen, creating space for a transformation to happen. All the while keeping in mind that it's not about the music that you pick or the outfit that you wear or whether or not you remember to say everything that you wanted to say. You're creating a space which can be done completely by your energy. And the fact that you open up a space for people to come and reflect, cry, heal, and become the best version of themselves is such a powerful job. I'm grateful that there are women out there like Jen Whalen who have made this their life work. But all of this work is not without obstacles. One, for example, I recorded this entire podcast and then ended up losing the entire thing. just moments before I finished. I had to start from scratch. We all have obstacles, and we all despise them. But part of achieving your personal legend is embracing those obstacles, being able to say, I messed up, but I'm learning. I'll do better next time. Let's hear the story of one of Jen's obstacles.
1: As I get older, I just realize, like, wow, like, those challenges are really what has made my life like so amazing. And, um, you know, just in Knowles, they talk about like one of their core values is tolerance for adversity and uncertainty and really developing a skillfulness related to that, because that is what life is all about is like that there is a lot of unknown and, you know, like challenges will come up, like a rainstorm will happen, you know, and the way that you deal with that. Is what makes the story of your life a fun adventure or like this, you know, <laughs> horrible like drama that's happening to you. And I think that, you know, a big part of spiritual psychology, but, you know, just other work that I've studied is it's like um, all of this. Yeah, I, I guess these days I fully believe that everything that's being brought forward is in service to our like earth school curriculum, you could say. And so, you know, no matter what it is, if I look at it as like, okay, like, what is my soul seeking to assist me in learning through this experience? Like, how can I use this um, to grow and further awaken to the love that I am? And, you know, sometimes that is messy and hard and super uncomfortable. But, you know, inevitably, my willingness to, like, stay in the game with those challenges instead of just like, look, you know, hitting the escape button as soon as possible. Like that, that's when, you know, the real exciting, amazing stuff kicks in. And, you know, those are where all the good stories are born for sure. (laughs) So I, you know, one specific one that comes to mind is we, so my husband is a Coast Guard helicopter pilot. And so we have moved a lot over the years um, in his career because of the Coast Guard and prior to that, the Navy. And, um, so we, you know, I had, as I said, I started this business, I got it going, I had a baby and I was kind of, you know, in between, um, but still sort of holding on to both of those dreams of continuing my work and tending my, you know, life at home. And then we got orders up to Alaska and, um, we, we moved to this really small town on the outside of an Island. It's called Sitka. And some people may have heard of it. It's like in the kind of inner passage and some of the cruise ships go through there. And, you know, when I heard about that, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I felt like we were moving to the end of the earth. And it was just like such a crushing blow of like, how am I going to do my work and, you know, keep showing up as I want to in the world in a tiny town of 9000 people where like, you know, going anywhere involves ferries or airplanes or you know just it's like such a production and um and it was you know I definitely worked through that but it was what I came to was this knowing of like I feel like I'm going on my own true north adventure by going up there and I was like you know just yeah e- even in the journey up I actually found out I was pregnant with my second daughter <laughs> when we
0: arrived oh wow and
1: uh, you know and it was just like this moment of like Ah, like I, you know, like so stoked and also totally like, oh my gosh, overwhelmed by just all the change. And and it was one of those like, well, what if, um, what if I'm just here to learn? And, you know, maybe like what I need to go through during this time is gonna support me in the work that I'm gonna do down the line. And so I just, you know, really shifted into a place of trust and surrender and um and, you know, kind of became very teachable again instead of feeling like I was at this place where I was out there in the world creating and sharing. It was like, okay, maybe this is about me going back into my own classroom. And and, um, and it was. I mean, we lived there for three years. We had, um, you know, some incredible hardship that comes with living in a place where it rains <laughs> so much. It was so <laughs> dark and cloudy and, you know, just intense. Like, I mean, I had... So I had a brand new baby and a two-year-old at home with me um, in the winter, you know? So it's Uh, like at that time of year, the sun was coming up at like nine in the morning and going down at like 3.30 in the afternoon. So it was just like brutal in some ways. But at the same time, it was like so incredible to, I mean, we were just surrounded by so many amazing people that were living in harmony with the land and the sea in a way that, I had never known before. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like, you know, fishing and gathering wild edibles, like, was such a way of life there because, you know, you couldn't count on the ferry to be coming in from Seattle with whatever you needed at the grocery store. Like, there was definitely times when you would go to the grocery store and there would not be basic essentials, you know? And so... You know, people there had just this incredible frontier spirit, and not everyone, of course, but many people just really embodied this like wild way of like, you got to look out for yourself and for each other and know how to survive because nobody's coming. (laughs) And it was like so awesome to do that, you know, with these two little kids at the same time, and, you know, definitely hard in some ways, but also like, again, it's like such an incredible um, sharpening of my abilities and, you know, also the knowing that I have that I, I really can't. And inside of me is a, like a
0: fierce spirit. Let me ask you something. When was the last time you described yourself as a fierce spirit? This next part is probably my favorite part of the whole conversation. Jin describes meeting up with a circle of women who gathered around the full moon and mentored her.
1: I just learned so many amazing things from them, like different rituals and really cool practices. And um, I would say, you know, that sort of started in having babies and birthing babies. It was like suddenly um, taking this very like out there spirituality, you know, like ethereal knowing and really embodying that in that divine feminine kind of way of just like going through the birthing process and then, you know, tending babe, it was like so so intense and I didn't realize like, wow, moms are badass. Oh, and it was just yeah. like spending, you know, like going through that and having these mentors around me that were like, doing it like I felt like it really just um, activated inside of me like uh, an ancient way and um, like that is now really informing a lot of the work that I'm doing for people now, you know, like rituals that I'm um, facilitating and just ways of remembering that I have, you know, just fully integrated into my life. And now I'm like here, like, I can't wait to share this with you because this is a game changer, you know, you know, I mean, yeah, like not everyone is birthing babies in that way. And I just, um, my wish for women is like, if, you know, if you're on that path or thinking about it is just that you plug into those resources so that, you know, you, you feel empowered in your birth experience, whatever it is, but so that it is a fully embodied transformation uh, because truly like what you go through in all of that in the pregnancy and the birth ultimately, I feel like helps you in your mothering, you know, and like all the challenges that are ahead, like, they talk about it as it's like this kind of the birth energy is like something that is it literally born through that experience. But then you draw on that in the future, like in those you know, middle of the night when you're just like so done and you like can't go on again. And then it's like you remember back to like, oh, I've been here before. I know this, you know, this place <laughs> and I can do it, you know, and, and
0: you carry on. We then transitioned to talking about self-care, and this part of the conversation actually occurred over the course of two separate interviews. Jen gave a fantastic response to my how do you practice self-care question, but then reached out to me and said that she wanted to update her answer, which I believe she has the right to do. But the aspect of her first response is something that I want all Wanderwomen to know. It's okay to say no to other people, or to plans, or to collaboration, or to being hit on. It's okay to say, no, I'm not enjoying this conversation, or no, I can't make it to the weekly dinner party this week, or no, I don't want to go to that event, it sounds like an awful time. Okay, Jen didn't actually say that, but she did stress that we shouldn't let the fear of missing out keep us from practicing the self-care we need. Because when you say no to something else, You're giving a big, fat yes to yourself. Jin says she does this because it boils down to listening to her truth.
1: You know, if if I am constantly, you know, having that external lens, like I'm looking out at the world for my sense of self and, you know, orientation to things, then it's like, it's not me, you know, like I... Yeah, yeah, yes, like there is great inspiration in that a lot of times, and I do draw on that energy from others, but like at the end of the day, like I'm the only one that's really able to listen deeply.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is why we meditate. This is why we sit in silence, choose a focal point, and shoo away any thought that isn't about your focal point. In many cases, your focal point can be your breath, maybe a mantra, a candle, a song, and slowly but surely teaching your brain to listen to the only thing that's left, you.
1: You know, it's one of those things, just start where you are and don't worry about being perfect or, you know, being like a fully, awakened whatever just like being very human and in you know relating to our personal experiences where we're at in a gentle way just to do something
0: like Jin said do something anything start with a minute and if you're serious about starting a meditation practice learn more about your truth and align with who you truly are I recommend starting with a guided meditation. I personally use the app Insight Timer, which has guided meditations, custom timers, bells, whistles, it's awesome. Or, if you listened to last season, you might remember that I also made guided meditations, which you can get right here on the Wanderwell Podcast. One thing I'm a huge fan of is micro meditations, which can be done at any time. Some of y'all might have seen the Calm app on Instagram. They have advertisements that say, do nothing for 15 seconds. That's a micro meditation. And it can be done when you're standing in line at the store, in traffic, or even during a heated conversation. Just sit there and take a few seconds to breathe. Here's Jen's response to micro meditations.
1: I think there's been really beautiful stuff, evidence and research that's come through recently just to show how without that downtime in between activity, um, you know, we're not fully processing what's happening in our lives and allowing it to integrate. So, you know, that time spent in line or the lull when you're waiting for this or that, it's like, you know you don't need to fill it with stuff it's like just being present Mm -hmm. and really allowing yourself to um just like land where you are (laughs) is such an incredible skill and you know for me i love um the idea of the senses like someone had had mentioned you know we use that actually with like when we're i'm teaching climbing stuff or you know things where people are really afraid one of the practices that we do is like literally like counting back from 10 in a different language sometimes but like allowing yourself to just get super present and then go through each one of the senses like what do i see right now and what do i hear and smell and feel and just like allowing that each of those to just saturate and steep in that um, just brings you so much more into the present moment. A lot of times, I'll you know take my shoes off and like wiggle my feet on the ground if I can, or even just in my shoes, um, just to you know be in my body. And that seems like such a simple thing, but if we do that throughout the day, it creates a radically different experience of your day, regardless of where you are and what you're doing.
0: So I'm sure you're wondering what amendment Jen wanted to make to her answer about self-care. Last August, Jen was diagnosed with Lyme disease. Lyme disease is caused by a bacteria that is transmitted from certain types of ticks to humans. Symptoms include fever, chills, headache, fatigue, muscle and joint pain, and swollen lymph nodes, and sometimes a rash as well. Without treatment, symptoms can progress to severe headaches, arthritis with severe joint pain and swelling, heart palpitations, inflammation of the brain and spinal cord, etc. You get the point. It doesn't feel good, and I'm excited about opening a conversation and a dialogue with you all about treatments, and specifically, holistic treatments. Here's Jen to discuss further.
1: Basically, it was explained to me it's something that you have for the rest of your life, and you know, like it looked really bleak in the beginning about how to treat it and what I was going to do. Um, but since I've gotten connected with a really awesome Lyme literate integrative medicine specialist here in San Diego, and I have a whole team, you know, with my acupuncturists and just other people that I'm healers that I'm seeing. And so that whole protocol that I'm doing, which is like a lot of different stuff, um, like detoxing and, um, you know, colon hydrotherapy, ion foot detox, this infrared sauna, like all these things that I'm doing. It's so funny, but it's like, this is, I've actually, I'm taking better care of myself now than I ever have in my life <laughs> as a result of this. And so in some ways, like it was such a, um, a rough, you know, thing to receive, but it was almost like the universe doing for me what I wasn't doing for myself, And I think like, I've always been, you know, like super motivated, go out there, get it, do a million things and just burning the candle at both ends. And I feel like it, it just really caught up with me. And, um, and so finally got to the place where it was like, I couldn't go on doing what I was doing without a serious like rehaul of my inner biome. And that's been such a blessing because I feel like it's given me a lot of, you know, motivation to really take great care. And then, um, also tuning in to what's going on with my body like day to day. And, you know, I feel different all the time and little things can kind of set it off or, you know, other things can really support it. So I just, I feel like in general, the self-care practice is tuning in to my own body, mind, spirit, and really, you know, asking like what, what would be most supportive for me today, right now. And, um, You know, it looks different all the time, but I feel like by calibrating and actually scheduling the time to follow through on those kind of commitments has created a life where, you know, I'm still a mom to two little kids and I own my own business and I have a lot of things going on. But like suddenly there's like a lot more space in my schedule for me. And um, filling me up in a way that I actually feel like makes me a way better mom and a much better coach and guide and you know everything all around. So, it yeah. I mean, I feel like this is like a vital piece of um, an awakened life, and I really encourage people to, I guess yeah, like pay attention and make some positive changes in this direction before you have to go so far as to get a diagnosis that. Is going to be a lifelong thing.
0: Jen and I made a transition here to talk about Bodhi, the place that connects us. Bodhi is the Sanskrit word for awakening. And let me tell you, they have created the perfect space for weekly awakenings down in Uvita, Costa Rica. Part of the work that we have decided to do together is here on the podcast. Jen is one of the women who I was connected to through Bodhi, and I want to take a moment here to tell you more about what Bodhi is like and Jen's specific experiences with it. I asked Jen how she first heard about Bodhi surf and yoga. Jen and Travis, one of the owners at Bodhi, are friends from college. Like many of us, they kept in touch via Facebook over the years, and Jen kept a close eye on Bodhi from the very beginning.
1: You know, I just kept watching what they were up to on social media and other things of like, oh my gosh, and now they're building a, you know, another lodge part and this and that. And it just kept growing and growing. And um, yeah, so it
0: was like, it felt like it was calling me all the time. Before she went, Jin knew the basics of the Bodhi experience. Five breakfasts, five yoga classes, five surf lessons, a guided community walk, a massage, healthy meals, cozy cabins in the rainforest...
1: I mean, that's what I loved about it. It was like, wherever you are inside of yourself, when you show up there, that will be the level of experience that you receive.
0: So for
1: me, I had rallied, you know, four other mama friends. Um, We were coming in from all over the country to come and have, or from the United States, all over the United States to come in and have this experience together. So we were like, really ready to um, just receive in a deep way and show up and play and, um, yeah, like it was just, we were ready for an adventure and I felt like they absolutely supported that in so many beautiful ways that I, I hadn't anticipated, you know, like from just thoughtfulness of like the flow of the lessons and the way that it's all connected from the surfing to the yoga, to the food, everything. It was like each day was so, um, thoughtful, and like well positioned and it was also everything just flowed so naturally in their schedule um because you know obviously they're changing the surf lessons based on the tides and you know surf reports. so it was just to me like the way that they did that all so seamlessly it just felt like um like really top-notch creation
0: jen shares a bit more about her first lesson with travis and the other moms from the trip
1: and i feel like travis just really like slowed it way down and so when it actually came to getting in the water like we were just in a really good place about it you know it's like i actually understood what we were looking at out there and where you know how things were working and how i was going to be working in cooperation with that and that was such a cool it felt so empowering and actually you know, I don't know if this is like a secret part of their story. So you can cut this out if it is. But <laughs> so Travis, Travis says, you know, like, okay, are you ready to go in? Or do you want to do something to really connect with the ocean before we go in? And all of us were like, connect with the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, okay, so um, leave your boards here. And we're just going to go in to this, like to the whitewash basically, and lay down like face down in the water and allow the waves to like, just kind of flow over and through. And I looked at him, and I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, that sounds like the most terrifying thing ever. Like, why <laughs> are we going to do that? And, but I was like, okay, I'm trusting. You know, this is what you're showing. And we went out there, and, uh, like, I swear, it was like a transformational experience. Like, laying down in the water and actually just experiencing the peace that was underneath the water. And then how I could actually sense the waves coming and then going. And then there was peace, you know, it was just like, oh, my gosh, like I all up until that time. And I mean, I had been trying to surf for like 20 years. So up until that time, I'd always experienced the surface level disturbance of the ocean as being like so scary. And this thing that I had to fight against and like that was constantly trying to kill me was really the orientation that I had to suddenly like, you know, laying face down in the water and experiencing the peace of it and realizing like, oh, wait a minute, there might be more to this that I haven't experienced yet, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, huh, this is interesting. So it's kind of like what's on the surface is not at all indicative of what's going on underwater. And it just, um, was so powerful. And I just remember then feeling so curious of like, all right, well, obviously I have a lot to learn.
0: Jen's week of lessons were with Travis Bays, one of the four owners at Bodhi Surf and Yoga. Travis wasn't my instructor while I was there. Hebron was. But the same is across the board. Hebron was emotionally intelligent enough to know when to push me out of my comfort zone and then to also let me play in the whitewash some days. (laughs) If you're trying to learn a new skill, whether it's surfing, yoga, life coaching, kayaking, skiing, driving a car, doesn't matter— Find you an instructor with emotional intelligence. It makes all the difference when someone can read other people well enough to know when to push them out of their comfort zone and when to let them lay around in the water listening to the waves. Here's Jen explaining a little bit more about Travis's emotional intelligence.
1: And I was really scared, you know, but I felt like he was tuned into that and supporting me just in just a very loving way. And of course, we had this prior relationship, but I was there with these other women who didn't know him at all. And I just watched him giving them the same level of care. And from everything I've heard from other people that have been there as well, it seems like that's a constant, it's a value that they really embody.
0: Like I mentioned before, Jen is hosting a retreat at the Bodhi Lodge this November and I asked her why she chose Bodhi over the many other beautiful places between San Diego and Costa Rica. This is her response. It's ex-
1: exciting for me as a business owner to partner with other
0: people who have
1: who value the earth and caring for the earth in the way that I do. and And then, you know, being able to bring, we're going to bring 12 ladies down there in November to do that retreat. And it's like, you know, I just feel so excited to introduce them to my family down there. That's how it feels. You know, like, it doesn't feel like we're just going to some random place I have no connection to. Like, I feel like I love it there so much. And I can't wait to bring all these other ladies to have their own unique experience, you know, but I know for sure, like, we'll be so well cared for with meals. And, you know, just the, of course, all the yoga is so incredible, too. And, you know, just the surf lesson, everything. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I can't actually think of a better place to, um, you know, create an outdoor adventure experience like that, where we're merging, you know, the outer adventure with the inner expedition. It's like this, it, the lodge is like a perfect place for that.
0: Jen's retreat has six more spots and will be November 3rd through the 10th. Finally, I asked Jen what her advice was to other wander women. This is her Wander Well Nugget. Like the adventures
1: that come with traveling and wandering and like seeking are, are so beautiful and so fun. And I love encouraging people to get out there and experience all the beauty that is on the planet. Um, and at the same time, knowing that like, that is a way of being that you can do wherever you are <laughs> in whatever you're doing. And, you know, for me as a mom, like, My passport is getting significantly less stamps these days than it has in the past, and hopefully, you know, we'll be back on the earlier plan soon. But in the meantime, it's just like inviting me into like, how can I make this little hike that we're going on, or this little time in our backyard, even, or just whatever I'm doing that day. It's like, you know, we're just to like experience the adventure available in that. And you know, like what is there here for me to learn? Or how can, uh, just having a curiosity and a sense of wonder that is so obvious when you're traveling, but like bringing that into your day to day, I feel like just makes you realize like everything is an adventure. My life, you know, like there's a possibility of that um, in every moment, every conversation, everyone I'm with. And, you know, just holding that, you know, orientation of curiosity and, and that wonder, you know, I feel like that in and of itself um, really will make life just so much more enjoyable. And then you're not like putting it off for that time when you can get away on this amazing trip, you know, but it's really just happening on a
0: day to day. To learn more about Jen and her Be Dareful retreat in the fall, Head on over to SeekTrueNorth.com. That's S E E K, TrueNorth.com. As always, you can find me at Behind the Podcast on Instagram to see what's going on between episodes. And head on over to WanderwellPodcast.com to access the resources mentioned in this podcast, including your 20% off coupon at Zimble.net. I'll see you all next week. Have a great day wandering. The music for this episode can be found on soundstripe.com.